Hello and welcome to the 206 podcast. My name is Mark Morin and I'm speaking with the creators of a horror movie called The Old Ways. I have with me director Christopher Allender, screenwriter Marcos Gabriel, and lead actress Bridget Kelly Canales. Everyone, welcome to the show. Hello. Yay, the 206. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being here. There we go. Thank you. The Old Ways recently premiered at the Sickest Film Festival in Spain. And from what I've seen, all the reactions have seemed very positive. So congratulations on that premiere. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Marcos and Christopher, let's start with a brief synopsis of the movie. And then I'm very interested in hearing about how this story actually got started. Wow. I've never synopsized it before. (laughs) Um, What do we say? Marcos, you do it. You wrote it. All right, let's do it. The story is basically about a reporter named Christina who returns to her uh, birthplace, her homeland, uh, chasing a story about kind of witchcraft and and brujas and brujeria. And as she's uh, investigating the story, she gets abducted by some people. She doesn't know why they've taken her. And as the story continues, we discover that they believe she has a demon inside of her and they're not going to let her leave until they get that demon out. So that's kind of the bones, the bones of it. And uh, where did the where did the story come from? Like Marcos, you wrote the screenplay. Is like, yeah. was this your baby, your idea? Uh, certainly, yeah. I mean, I I had been trying to find a story that Chris and I could kind of produce at Soapbox Films at the scale that we knew we could pull off. And as I was thinking of different kind of scary stories and stories I could tell, I thought back to some of the stories my mother had told me of her uh, growing up in Puerto Rico. I was born there as well, but she really had more of the stories that I could lean into. And she would tell me these stories of one time a bruja came to the house when she was 10 years old. She walked outside of her door. She was terrified to see her father in like this tin tub with water and people, you know, doing a cleansing with herbs and and branches. And I was like, oh my God, this happened. This is part of my story and part of my family. So I was fascinated with that. And as started thinking of a story that we could tell, I thought, wow, wouldn't it be really fascinating to tell kind of an exorcism story from a point of view we don't normally get to see. So there's been countless exorcism stories. There's always, you know, the priest comes in with the Bible and says, you know, well, I contacted the Vatican and they told me we have to research it. And then there's like the crucifix upside down, blah, blah, blah. And we didn't want to do any of that stuff. So we knew if we approached it from a very real and grounded place, we could tell a fascinating story. And the story really came to life once we realized who Christina was, played brilliantly by Bridget, and what her journey could be and that was really where the story came to life and became something more than just another scary story. It really became something we could dig into and the process of sussing out all the details and the nuances and the and all that stuff in the story was really, we had a great time, Chris and I together, just researching, filling in all the blanks and you know, kind of writing the story as we went and knew um, what we wanted to put together. So it sounds like this was a really, like from the beginning, a collaboration between the two of you. So Christopher, how much of this story is like your ideas and input compared to what, you know, Marcos's kind of origination of the story? Yeah, I mean, he definitely came up with the main bones there. But then as we started talking more and more, we started to figure out like, what are the themes of the story and what are the emotional and character journey that Bridget well, Christina would go on. And those are kind of some of the places where I had a, probably more input, which was you know when we started to look into the idea of a person who had lost touch with their 
culture and their roots and their family and what it would be like to get to almost travel back in time and experience your ancestors first person because that was something that I could relate to being American and kind of cut off from where my people had come from and having no overarching cultural influence in my life and trying to find out where my name came from and where my family has come from over the past 10 or 15 years and it was just kind of a little bit of escapism I guess or like a we could live vicariously through this character but that was a lot of stuff that both of us you know because Marcus is the same way where he left Puerto Rico at a young age and he has a lot more connection I think than I did to his family's traditions and stuff like that but then when we started to really get into the like rituals and the details of the world building that was you know, him and me and some other producers just researching and researching and researching and running into the room with some crazy discovery, you know, and trying to figure out how everything ticks, you know. Oh, that's great. Now, Bridget, first yeah. question for you is what was your first reaction to the script and why was Christina a character that you wanted to play? So when I first read the script, I just thought, oh, my God, if I book this movie, I'm going to be tortured. <laughs> <laughs> Good God. <laughs> but I thought I really loved what really drew me to it was, which I think we, we lost some of it after editing, but there was a sense of uh, seeing Christina as this like kind of vice news journalist that got lost in her life and her habits because of the darkness that she was dragging along. And then when she ends up in Mexico, I almost felt like I was trying to use everyone around me. And then the, the big lesson that I learned, which is that family is valuable. And it, it, it was interesting to me because it's so different from who I really am. And I thought, oh, I'd like to play this, uh, this opposite of, of me, you know, because I'm, I try to value everyone and give her credit everyone and acknowledge everyone in my family, whether they send me a message or anything. So I thought, oh, this will be interesting for me. Like it'll be a, a challenge. And sure enough, <laughs> it was, <laughs> but it was wonderful. It really was. And what was the, what was the other question? Uh, just uh, why was she a character you wanted to play? Oh, yeah, because of that. Because I felt like she was so... There was like a, a, a dark side. I think we all have, you know, dark and light. And so it was. it felt interesting to explore that and to just be so short and less um, less loving and less family-oriented. Like everything that, that I am, I had to not be. And uh, one thing that I really like is how human and flawed Christina is. There's a lot of things that she has going on in her life. I guess there's a couple of things I was gonna mention, but they might be spoilers. So maybe I'll, I won't mention anything specific, but tell me how about, and maybe this is a question, not just for you, Bridget, but for everybody. Tell me about how the character evolved from the original script to what we actually see on screen. Well, I guess my take would be, you know, we were trying to find, I guess that happy medium. So it's not like, I felt like there were lots of moments where it felt like life and death and being a reporter and, and seeing so many tragedies happen and being in, in really challenging situations. Where is her, how, what's her emotional range and depth and how is she affected, right? But I felt like if I thought too much about that, then I wasn't going to just feel what I was feeling at the moment, which was I'm gonna die, you know? I don't, I am gonna, some, I'm, they're gonna kill me, these people that are psychopaths. And so I tried to just focus on that and leave it to Chris to say, yeah, okay, let's just remember, you know, 
you're a reporter, this isn't that big, or just toning me down or toning me up, you know, Mm -hmm. guiding me, him and Marcos. But I think that that was the main thing. Uh, I didn't want to get too heady about it because I think that that could could have been a trap. And, you know, some people might see it as overly emotional at that moment, but I thought, I'm about to die, so. (laughs) Yeah, and I'll say just, you know, the character that you see on screen is so much better than the character that was written on the page because Bridget just brought such an honesty to the character and such a grounded nature to it that there was nothing that could be dishonest or a cheat, you know? So if there was some clever piece of writing that was like, hey, this is a great joke, what about this? And that's kind of the stuff that writers throw in. And I definitely tried to throw some of those in there. But in the scene and in the moment, Bridget knew what Christina knew and knew this doesn't feel right or this isn't necessarily the way this scene should play out. So that was, of course, and that's Krista's job is on set to make all these decisions in real time as it's as it's coming together. So for me, you know, seeing her character's arc and journey, it was there was it was on paper uh, to, to some degree as kind of the blueprint. But I really do think that Bridget and the rest of our stellar, incredible cast put so much of themselves into the characters that just really shaped it and made it leap off the page. Yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't really feel like I was watching, you know, actors playing roles. I felt like I don't want to say it looked like a documentary because it was more of a style. It was a documentary. It was 100% it was real. It all happened. That's just how much Bridget got into the character. You're like, wait, this I is mean, actually happening. Yeah. No, but it, it really felt like from a character perspective, everybody, like you were just there and it was happening. And I think that speaks a lot to what you were just talking about. And then Chris, did you have anything to add to that? Character changed a lot because the original script, she was a man. <laughs> Well, that was That's like a pretty big four, four drafts back, like the very first 30 pages. That was a pretty a big transformation. Um, <laughs> we, we, we threw that draft away super early. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one thing that happened was we just ended up deleting a lot of dialogue because they would make one look at the, at the camera and we're like, well, we don't need the next three lines. Like, we got it. They were able to internalize the subtext so much that we... We just were able to just trim, trim, trim scenes out because it was all happening. You know, the mood and the the feeling of the scene would be conveyed so quickly, um, which was a surprise to us. You know, we would get in there and even on set, we'd be like halfway through the take and be like, oh, they did it. It's done. (laughs) I guess I'll let them keep doing it because they memorized these lines, but (laughs) we could have stopped there. Yeah. I mean, I think we intentionally overwrote certain scenes in certain moments because, you know, we've made a few at Soapbox, we've made a few, you know, kind of genre movies at this scale. And sometimes you're like, oh God, if we want to cut out 10 minutes of this movie, I don't think we can because of the runtime. So I think part of it was like, let's write it and we can always get rid of it. And the first cut of the movie we had, uh, was everything in the movie, and it was over two and a half hours long, and we were like, yeah. oh, okay, we yeah. gotta, like, dig back in and make these decisions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've definitely had runtime issues in the past where we got the cut, and we're like, this movie would be perfect at 80 minutes, you know, and but it has to be 85 or 90. We wanted to make sure we had the goods, I and mean, we've got entire horror scenes that aren't in the movie, you know, that oh, wow. are 
Yeah. So, so we'll for the Criterion a- Collection, one day for the back of your shelf, we've we'll got get 40 minutes of bonus exactly, features. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, Marcos, this, as you mentioned a bit earlier, the story goes deep into folklore, legend, witchcraft, demons. You know, you name it, it's in there when mm-hmm. it comes to that type of stuff. Also, when I watch the movie, it just looks very rich and polished. So, what kind of research? went into the story, uh, you mentioned that some of it comes from your own family history, but what other types of research went into this, making the story, and then also the visual style that you went with? You know what? I'm going to kick that mostly to Chris because, I mean, I have thoughts in there, but Chris loves it. This is, like he was talking about earlier, the world building. He loves this uh, question, so sure. I'm going to yeah. punt. So what went into, well, you know, lots of research, like we would, it was a lot of Googling, a lot of talking to people, friends and family, a lot of books and um, documentaries and Vice News articles, <laughs> whatever we could find to find little nuggets of stuff because we would just springboard off that and, and create a whole scene around things that we would see or, or find. Like, I think I've got it right here. This is a podcast. So okay, you're going to have to describe whatever you're picking be, up very carefully. This will be the uh, theater of the mind. For your audience, this is our death whistle here. Which what we, Chris is holding is a, a, a whistle uh, that looks like a <laughs> skull of some sort of animal. It's like an yes. Aztec skull, right? Yeah, right. a tiny Aztec. Uh, I believe this is a cat skull, but um, these were found in um, tombs by archaeologists, and for years they had just, you know, they preserved everything and put it in a little case in a museum, and they didn't know what it was. It, they, they thought it was just a little sculpture or something, and I get one day someone decided to blow it and it made (laughs) horrible just horrifying sound like like somebody getting murdered and they started calling them death whistles they don't even exactly know what they were for if they were just something to maybe take to the other side to battle demons or whatever or if they were used perhaps in times of war and they would blow them in the jungle and you would hear like I don't know if you've ever been and heard like howler monkeys in the distance or whatever and it sounds like jurassic park you know it sounds like some horrible thing is coming to get you so we heard a, i think it was on facebook or something we found a video of some of a man who i think he made and sold some of these and he was able to play them really well i mean it just scared everybody. like we would just bring people into our office and be like listen to this we did play and this horrible screaming sound and we invented entire mythology for our movie um, and scenes around this thing we ordered some online and we found a an expert in um, ancient mexican music who became a, a consultant with us and also a, he was able to perform some of these because some of these things you can't like you could get a hold of one of these death whistles or a jaguar whistle or something or these ocarinas and a normal person or even just a normal like instrumentalist probably wouldn't be able to make the sounds because it's also like a vocal performance but he could do it and and it just sounds amazing so we were able to layer in all these real textures of this stuff and this guy is like he gives like ted talks on ancient mexican musical instruments and and what they're used for and everything so our composer is just like geeked out with him and invented like they they built this whole spreadsheet of all the different instruments and what they do and what they sound like and they recorded all of them and they made like digital instruments out of them for posterity and stuff like that you know we would find people like him or our makeup artist Callie or our production designer Bryce or all these different artists that we gathered into our troupe and they would all do their own research and show up and be like I I just discovered this you know something you know someone else who was really influential in the beginning was you know, as we were revising the script, we had a discussion with uh, Keith Thompson, which was someone we brought on to design the creature, 
minor spoiler, there's a creature in this movie. Um, and he really pushed a lot of the design with the questions he asked, you know, where does this take place? What sort of demon is this? What is this? And so he had, you know, we had all started looking at these kind of Aztec skulls and uh, part of the elongated skulls that they would do where they would kind of bind the head as a baby and, and elongate the skull. So we said, okay, that's a brilliant design choice. We found these teeth where they had drilled into the teeth and put jewels into it so that that would also inspire some elements of the movie. So all of that research, the script was always very malleable and all of that research would go right back into the script. You know, it wasn't really like, oh, this is all we're doing, okay, great. It was like, oh God, you found that? Okay, we'll write a scene or we'll put that into the scene or, oh, the set designer, the production designer came up with how the set's gonna look, great. Let me, let's rewrite the scenes so that it takes advantage of everything everyone's bringing into it. So that was just, you know, really fun ways of design, making choices into the story, making choices back into the design. Even the actors, you know, would show up, like Sal would, he was like, oh, did you know um, I'm in a, a Aztec ancient, dance troupe. An, Aztec dance troupe and we perform, <laughs> you know, every year at the church. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, we found that out like the two day nights before, we before the day before the, <laughs> the broken man ritual. And, he, I, and he's like, yeah, I've got all, you know, I've got my, my wardrobe and stuff from that. I'm like, bring it, come on, let's add it in, you know? So we really just kept looking for input and people's authentic experiences and finding ways to incorporate that into the, the movie just to make it as textured and believable. You know, as pushed and supernatural as it is, we also tried to make yeah. it as, the more believable it is, the more you're buying into the, the really insane stuff when it happens. No, absolutely. That was, I would say that was a job well done because it really shows in the final product. Bridget, question for you. You've done a lot of work within genre franchises like Star Wars, The Walking Dead, and now this movie. Is that something that you've sought out for your career or is it just more of a product of what has been available to you? You know, I think I thought of it at one point, but I never I never thought it would end up like, like this. You know, I'm just like in it now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what happened. No, I'm, I'm grateful. I, I think I always had an admiration for the idea of being part of, you know, these types of companies. And I had hopes, but I thought, oh, maybe I'll end up being, I don't know, a, a superhero or I'll end up being <laughs> a, something, you know, completely different. But, and I actually have another project that I can't say what it is, but it's cool. <laughs> but, um, oh, you but you yeah. can tell us, it's, it's just us right now. You can tell us. <laughs> Yeah. It's a trap. Don't do it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I feel very, uh, very fortunate. I feel like I'm realizing a, a few of my dreams, you know, they're becoming reality. So I'm grateful. Yeah. And it really okay. speaks to Bridget's versatility that she slots into any type of movie, honestly. <laughs> and she just brings so much of, you know, herself and her dedication to it. And, you know, in the early days, like if you asked Bridget, is this a horror movie you're in? She would have said, no, I think. <laughs> she um, really approached it as a drama and she really did do the work to ground her character and all that stuff. So that's why she's able to, I think, to effortlessly kind of do whatever genre, whether it's a space battle or it's a Walking Dead zombie apocalypse or, or this lighthearted comedy that the old ways is. Yeah, it's, it's up to, yeah. it's up to all of us to make it a horror movie, you know, like she just needs yeah. to be a person, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Bridget, expanding on that, indulge me here for a moment because I'm a lifelong Star Wars fan. I found out <laughs> after I watched The Old Ways that you did voice work in the Clone Wars animated series and your character ends up being a pretty pivotal character in the how the story arcs through the season and closes out. I guess what my question is, is just maybe describe 
being part of that Star Wars universe from having your character in the universe and then also being part of that big machine that's Disney, Star Wars and everything that comes along with that. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's so interesting when I auditioned for that, they called it, they had some code name and I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to be like a space mechanic. What? <laughs> so I just approached it like that. And then I gave them like a few options. And then I went in for a callback and I they didn't, they didn't say any names, any last names, nothing. Like everything was like, this is Dave. What's up, Dave? Nice to meet you. I didn't know Ahsoka. I didn't know Ashley was Ahsoka. You know, I wasn't. I didn't really know a lot about the world. So I thought we were both reading for the characters because we were potentially, it was like a chemistry. And I was like, oh, she's cool. You know, I hope it works out. I'd like to work with her. And then another girl read to be my sister, uh, Rafa. And it was just such a nice process. It was like a lovely afternoon hanging out with them, trying things out. And then I left and then I got it and I still didn't know. I didn't know what I had booked. Oh, wow. And then I found out like a few weeks later, because it was all this like private, you know, NDAs. And I was like, oh, now you're in the Star Wars world, Bridget. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? I'm, well, how did this happen? <laughs> I, I thought I auditioned. I think they named it like they have weird names, but let's say like they named yeah. it Boathouse. I was like, I thought it was like I didn't even. So it was I was really in the in the unknown for a while. Wow. Uh, once I got in, I mean, it's there's such a tight group of people, a bunch of the writers, Dave, who, you know, is a mastermind, and everyone was just there supporting each other. Uh, people that have been like Dee Bradley Baker, who does so many voices, working with him, <laughs> your jaw drops every session because he does like eight characters within one take. They're like, do you want to break it up, Dean? He's like, no, I'm all right. And he, it's like, it's overwhelming. You're overwhelmed with the talent. You don't know what to do with yourself. You're like, am I talented? Like, I, I thought I was talented. Maybe, I don't know if I should, you know, maybe next to Dean, I don't know if I got it. <laughs> but it was, you know, it was humbling. It was beautiful. And, uh, and the cool thing about being part of that is that you can continue on in others, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's the real cool thing about it. Right. Um, so I can't say anything, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you. Well, for, we all know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you for expanding on that a little bit. Now, while we're on the topic of franchises, and we'll stay spoiler free here, but the way that the old ways ends makes me feel like this might be an origin story, not necessarily just a single movie. Are there any ideas or plans to oh keep with this character? Uh, no, this is it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'll, you know, Yes, the way we designed the story and the way we thought of it, we always were like, God, there's so many stories we want to tell in this world. And hopefully, you know, there will be audiences who will enjoy it and want more. And we definitely want to tell more stories in this world. That's always been kind of the dream, but it's up to you people listening. <laughs> Seek it out. Yeah, we, <laughs> tell you know, friends. I don't know if you watch a lot of horror movies, but a lot of times there's always that kind of like fun little ending after the movie's over that's like that i think sometimes kind of like undermines the entire movie it's like you know it'll be whatever freddy krueger like they kill freddy krueger and then at the end like he jumps out again and it's like <laughs> uh, what was all the you know all the people like what did they just go through that for you know right. if they didn't accomplish anything um so what we kind of do with ours is like hey there's there's a whole world of stuff you know like 
they've accomplished what they wanted to accomplish, but there's lots of evil and there's lots of darkness. And so, you know, if, if people love the movie, if we're lucky, we've got, you know, that whole red book that they go through of things that we can explore. And we actually, we've already named like tons of demons in there and, and what they oh, wow. do and what they're for. So there's a lot of opportunity with this if the audience wants it. Yeah, we'll go wherever Bridget goes. I mean, it might be a space, some sort of space mechanic story. Uh, yeah, some sort of zombie thing. Zombie, th- zombie space mechanic. Yeah. Uh, superhero. A video it. game. Yeah, Bridget's going to be a one-stop Comic-Con shop. Um, if you wish. Yeah. You know, you do one line and get her to sign everything. You, know, you, do, you do bring up a good point, though. Bridget is on her way to fortune and glory and fame. Is is she going to want to continue this character with, with everything she I has know. going on? So, Bridget, do you have thoughts on that right now? <laughs> I mean, I would love... I want to be like a demon slasher, but get more hardcore into that action. I keep right. telling Marcos, it needs to... I, I have hopes of it being, oh. you know, Christina demon slasher meets Tomb Raider. <laughs> we can do that. Crazy! Yeah, I'm going to start... Yeah, if we do another one, I'm gonna. You're gonna rue the day that you asked for that. I don't know though. We we might have to give the audience what they want though, which is more you know torturous, terrifying things happening to you. So we'll we'll balance it out. More we'll How about I I watch people go through it and then I just help. Them. I don't know. I don't know if that's the magic. Start no, of sending course. pictures. Of, hey, uh, I want to see a demon slaying Tomb Raider, Christina. Start sending it. pictures of Linda Hamilton and be like this. Yeah. Let's this. start the Kickstarter campaign right now. Mark, We're take ma- it away. We're making it happen. Here we go. <laughs> Speaking of the future of maybe a franchise, in a more immediate fashion, what's next for the movie itself right now? Well, we're we're doing some festivals overseas, but they keep getting canceled <laughs> due to the coronavirus. Um, the uh, We're right now um, in conversations with potential distributors, so hopefully... We'll have some clarity on that in the next week or two. And you know, then hopefully people in the States and everywhere else will get to see it. I don't know. I don't know if it will be available until next Halloween, realistically, unless somebody's just dying to put it out in drive-ins or something right away. But hey, we're hoping to get a pretty wide release with it. It's seeming pretty positive. So hopefully we'll know more soon. Now, Bridget, I think enough time has passed in this interview where you said that you there was something you couldn't talk about. I think we're at a point where you can talk oh, about gosh. it. Oh, gosh. Don't do it. Is there anything that you can talk about that you have coming up besides the, the secret project? Uh, <laughs> well, no, I mean, r- my character's going to be developed a bit more in Fear the Walking Dead, and um, that's actually uh, what I'm working on right now. So, you know, just happy to be working and and looking forward to whatever comes next. Thank you. Now, where can people find and follow you guys, right? Now? Even though they might not be able to watch the movie right now, where can they keep track of what's going on? Um, um, I'm at a Starbucks often. Uh, sometimes <laughs> at Studio City, you can find me there. Oh my God, show up. <laughs> like me and follow me. <laughs> oh Ring that God. bell. Ring that bell. Um, I'm, uh, I'm at Chris Allender at most of the social things. Uh, I think I'm at Call Marcos at most of the social things. Uh, back when people used to use phones. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm at Bridget Cali Canales on my Instagram. And then I just changed my name on my Twitter so you could find me the same way. But sometimes I just put my first and middle name, Bridget Cali. But you can find me there. And, and I try to be as open and connective as possible. Like I try to make sure I respond and, you know, I'm grateful for the people that try to connect because I think it's awesome. And I'm, I'm so appreciative of the support. 
Awesome. Thank yeah, you. That's and then, beautiful. And I don't follow. Movie. I don't like anyone. I don't, <laughs> I won't reach out. I'll, I'll if you find you. me at the Starbucks, I might say there hello, but I'll get in a flame war with you. It's gonna be- <laughs> <laughs> if you want positive reinforcement, talk to Bridget. If you want, this, if you want to feel slighted, please follow me. Awesome. And then the movie itself has its own oh. social media pages as well, don't they? I know it's mm-hmm. on Twitter. Yeah, at the Old Ways movie. The Old Ways movie. Okay, perfect. So for everybody out there, follow, keep track of what these folks are doing. And uh, you know, hopefully it will be the movie will be available as soon as possible. Do you guys have any final thoughts as we're wrapping things up here you want to add in? Uh, I don't know. You go, Chrissy. Hmm. I was going to say something deep, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, it's exciting that people like you are responding to it. And I hope, you know, we get a chance to show it to lots of people one day. We, Marcus and I have still never seen it with an audience um, right. because of the pandemic. So we're really excited to, to do that one day somehow. So keep, uh, keep your eyes peeled. Yeah. Thank you. Marcus? Yeah, we're just, we're thrilled for people like you, Mark, and others that are kind of getting the early word out on this. I mean, this is definitely a labor of love. Chris and I have been uh, partners and friends for 20 something years since we were, you know, in school together and in college. And this is what we've always kind of dreamed of doing and putting together. And luckily over the years, we have assembled some fantastic creative people that we can depend on and and work with and pulled in some new brilliant creative forces like Bridget and and others. So we are just beside ourselves. I mean, I wish times were a little bit different. I wish, you know, we weren't going through COVID. However, we um, have still managed to put together a story that we're extremely proud of and can't wait for more people to share it. So thank you for your support and uh, keep uh, keep your eyes out. We'll see what awesome. we can do here. Perfect. Thank you. And Bridget, final, final thoughts. Yeah, I guess I just say um, uh, thank you for hearing us out and uh, right, literally. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, we, I really hope you guys get to see the movie and I hope you get super spooked and I hope you enjoy it, and I thank you guys for for your support. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me, and I really hope the movie and your careers see nothing but success in the future. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Mark. 206. Yeah. Represent. There we go. Sir, mix a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, we'll end it right there. This is Mark (laughs) Morin speaking with the creators of The Old Ways on the 206 podcast. Thank you for listening.